Perhaps as we get older, you know, when we ask each other, what's been up? And then uh, it becomes more and more like, uh, same old, same old. But for teens, uh, change is perhaps the only constant thing in their life. And uh, this was the theme of our High C uh, youth group retreat that we just had this past week. It was an unprecedented five days and four nights. And yes, it was tiring. Uh, so much so when I uh, noticed people continuing to nod off during my sermons that we decided to adapt what um, my son Nathan does in daycare. Have a group communal nap time led by none, none other than our own high sea whisperer, uh, Pastor Dave, who is now known to everyone as Pastor Despacito. Also, I had to do that. The weather really held up too. I was kind of nervous about that because the forecast was very gloomy. It's 80% chance of rain, 70 to 80. But you know what? It only pretty much rained at night. So the weather was beautiful. So we're really thankful for that because what's a summer retreat without outdoor stuff, right? So they got to go to the water and all that stuff. So change. Just physically, there's so much going on. I look at pictures from one high sea retreat to the next year, and the amount of change is startling. Emotionally and socially, too, so many changes going on. You know, we have Jacqueline and Evelyn getting baptized here, and uh, Caitlin, their, their eldest. You know, as a child, your family is the center of the universe, right? And parents are the anchor that a child will look to, to keep them safe. And I see that in my own kids, too. I mean, just today, Nathan just wouldn't let go of me. But teens, they're now discovering a larger world beyond their family. And they're trying to see where they fit in this larger world. And a desire to belong somewhere becomes so strong. I mean, so many things are changing within them and around them. They're they're seeking a solid anchor by belonging and being accepted somewhere where their peers are at. I mean, people will do what they need to do to fit in and be accepted. I mean, for little kids, you know, children, they present who they really are to the world, right? Without any inhibition. But once you become a teenager, you start realizing that maybe this is not going to get me accepted. And so they start presenting maybe different selves. It could be a false self or an altered self. I mean, so much so that one's identity starts to become blurred. You know, where does the real me end and the false self begin? What is the real me? And during these teen years, I mean, especially the early and middle ones, you know, this overriding desire to be accepted, I think it'll take over uh, the search and cultivation of one's own authentic identity. And so one can easily develop a distorted identity. And so this was the focus of my first high sea retreat uh, two years ago. And I've come back to this theme many times um, because it is such a central part of life during these years. And there's something I've realized after a few years of ministry now with uh, youth and young people. You know the mission of the church is when it comes to young people? The mission of the church with youth, I think, is to create a safe space where people can feel welcomed 
and accepted for who you are and where you can feel safe to explore your developing identity. There's nothing more fundamental than that, in my mind, for a mission of a church with young people. And indeed, this has been, I think, the focus of the high C for the past two years, to build a community built on love and acceptance, you know, the love and acceptance that God has shown us. You know, one challenge initially was integrating the KSM high C with the ESM high C. Uh, that was under Pastor Dave's leadership. And, you know, like last summer uh, at the retreat, that really happened and it came together. And I think the high C had a breakthrough in forming a community where they really bonded with love and acceptance and felt like they can just let down their guard and be themselves. And through these bonds, you know, memories were forged and connections were deepened. And we had a kind of stable year without too much change. I mean, this allowed the bonds to settle and deepen. But as this summer retreat approached, however, many changes were coming, right? Our beloved grade 12s, you know, it's a big group. There are eight of them at the retreat. They'd be leaving the high sea after this retreat. And we also had a record number of new people coming. So there were eight grade 12s who were going to leave and eight new kids who came to the retreat. Oh, a funny coincidence, eh? Um, in a way, I don't know, I felt like this was... God kind of saying, okay, now we're ready, and here are new brothers and sisters. And it's an opportunity to test whether we really were a welcoming community. I think we prepared leading up to the retreat by kind of studying a few passages from Ephesians, talking about, you know, one body in Christ and breaking down, dividing walls. You know, we reflected on the tendency, you know, when you have a group of friends, you know, what, what's friendship over time, so history, you go through experiences together, and then you start also forming your own kind of uh, social norms, language, and stuff, whatnot. For some of the guys, it became kind of like slapping each other's butts. You know, the social norms, right? That kind of indicates, I belong to this group. And uh, sometimes when that bond gets so tight, that bond becomes a wall for those who are new or coming from the outside. That's a natural human tendency, right? But we study that Christ came down to break down these dividing walls so that in place of two groups, there is now one new humanity. I mean, that's the whole message, right, of reconciliation, dividing walls. So could we be a community where there's no outsider or insider difference, but we are all one body in Christ? And in this aspect, I'm just so proud of the high sea. I believe they've passed this test with flying colors. You know, I think everyone, all the new uh, kids, they felt so welcomed and embraced for who they are. And it shone through during games and activities. Just everyone's having such a good time. It was so good to see. And I do, I attribute a lot of this social cohesion and uh, the welcoming community as a legacy of our dearly departing grade 12s. You know, their leadership and their nurturing spirit, you know, it really forged the culture rooted in love. And they led by example with their love. But as the retreat went along, for some reason, I kind of felt a little block. During games and recreation, they're having a fun time, but group discussions, it seemed kind of flat and on the surface level. And I wasn't sure what it was. I mean, the group leaders who are our grade 11s going to grade 12s, they're doing a fabulous job trying to work hard and trying to get everyone to you know, participate and whatnot. But then on the second last night, it kind of hit me. 
So I was having a debriefing uh, meeting with the executives late at night, and to plan the next day. I mean, I know they were physically tired, but I don't know, something just, something felt a little heavy. Um, so I asked them, what's on your heart, guys? And that's when, one by one, they began to kind of pour out what's in their hearts. They poured out the burdens that were weighing heavy on their hearts. You know, leaving home, maybe unresolved issues that remain in their families, you know, fears of their own inadequacy. It was such an honest sharing of the burdens. And we had a wonderful time of sharing, crying, praying. But that's when it really became clear to me that all of us, we all carry burdens in our hearts. Burden. It's a heavy load. You know, for teens, I think their emotions are, you know, they're just more raw and a lot more heightened. And so they can, I think, feel the burdens more deeply. Often they don't know how to articulate it, but they feel it. And the other thing is, and this is what really gets to me often with children, but also youth, is often the burdens that they carry are not ones of their own making. The heaviest burdens on the hearts of young people, you know, comes from within the family. You know, experiences they've had, concerns for loved ones, you know, circumstances that have just been thrust upon them. You know, because they haven't had a say in their situation, often they're confused, they feel helpless, or sometimes maybe even blame themselves. I mean, the specific burdens that they bear, they're as unique as their own personalities and life experiences, right? Everyone's been through, has their own story, so the burdens are very unique too. But what I started to realize is that our youth is a time where they're beginning to bear the burdens of a broken world that includes all of us as broken people. What's also common is that often these burdens remain buried inside of us, beneath the surface. I mean, they remain buried because it's too painful to deal with them. They remain buried because we haven't learned how to deal with them. They remain buried because we then just get used to keeping them buried and moving on with daily life, right? So what do we do? I mean, we escape from our burdens by trying to think of other things or we numb ourselves so that we can't feel them anymore. And as I was reflecting, I realized, I think that's what many adults of our generation and above have done. You know, our burdens were too painful. Maybe the loss and tragedy of war was too much to deal with. Immigrant life was so harsh and painful. Maybe feeling like a stranger and foreigner was too hurtful. And so maybe if we focused solely on surviving in the hopes that the next generation wouldn't face such burdens. But what I realized, burdens that are buried, they don't go away. 
they are like a heavy weight that keeps you down. It weighs you down and allows only a diminished version of yourself to surface. Or it can emerge just as kind of a lifeless or smaller you. And the other thing I realized is we deceive ourselves in thinking that they go away by burying them. And so what I realized is that burdens that are not dealt with, they get passed on. I mean, I often used to scratch my head, you know, you know working with our youth. On the surface, you know, many of them lack for nothing. I mean, they should feel free and confident to explore and discover the world. But there was something that I felt kind of weighing them down a bit. And at the retreat, I think it started to become a little more clear. You know, many of our kids are carrying the burdens that they've inherited. I mean, it's a lot more muted because on the surface, things are not bad. I mean, what do we really have to complain about circumstantially, right? But it is there. You know, the Christian life is one of freedom from the burdens that weighs us down. That is what St. Paul meant in today's passage when he proclaimed that anyone in Christ is a new creation. You know, the old, the old things that used to weigh us down are passed away and everything now is new. That's the gospel. Right? This was not just a theory for him. You know, on the road to Damascus... Jesus encountered and met Paul and said to him, asked him, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Like, why are you hurting all these people? I believe that it was at that moment that Paul came face to face with the burdens that were weighing him down. I mean, I don't know exactly what they were. What we do know is I mean, he was blind for three days and he neither ate nor drank. I mean, the Bible, the three, is often used for kind of an extensive period. So in other words, Paul really suffered. And he went through the pain of dealing with his burden. Because it's not easy to deal with them. But at the end of that process, scales fell down from his eyes and he could see. Paul was now free to discover his true identity and calling in life. When we truly encounter God, or when God truly encounters us, I believe that God reveals the burdens buried deep inside of us. The Christian life is a journey and process of finding freedom from the weight of these burdens. You know, healing and change, they take a long time. And Paul addresses that. But I believe that this is where true change starts with the recognition of the things deep inside of us. I mean, Jesus said this in, in Matthew. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. He said that for a reason. Here's the other thing I truly, uh, that I realized, what a true Christian community is. You know, St. Paul said it so precisely in Galatians here. Bear one another's burdens, 
And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. It's okay, Jacqueline. We're, bur- we're burying your burden. <laughs> Whatever is bothering you, you know. Bear one another's burdens. We don't bear our burdens alone, right? Nor is it just between even just me and God. But the law of Christ, the very will of God, is that we bear one another's burdens. I mean, we first have to realize what they are and become willing and courageous enough to address them. But then we find community of faith that can bear these burdens with us. That is why we have the gift of the church. I believe that, I really believe, you know, that this community of bearing one another's burdens is the most powerful vehicle for healing and change that we can ever experience. A community that bears one another's burdens. I mean, I've seen this with our youth group, for example. You know, last summer, our high sea retreat, I mean, it was very emotional. But it was like a raw and kind of passionate emotion. And I think that one, it came from the joy of finding like love, acceptance, and belonging in a community of peers. So it was really the joy of discovering this bond. It was, so it was a very raw emotion. And so that kind of acceptance that became the hallmark of the high sea this past year that led into this retreat too. But I believe that our calling by God now is to go further and become a community that really bears one another's burdens. And so the last night of this past retreat, I mean, it was very emotional as well. But what I sensed was rather than a hot, raw emotion, I sensed a much deeper and rooted emotion. You know, one that sprung forth from deep within as they started sharing and bearing one another's burdens. It was such a beautiful thing to see. I mean, I really believe in an intergenerational church and intergenerational ministry. You know, from babies that we have, to baptizing them into the community of faith, all the way up to when we send off our elders into the next life. You know, there's so much that we can all learn from one another. And my hope for our youths is that they can cultivate relationships with other generations to appreciate the richness of Christian community. But I also think we adults, we can learn so much from our young people. Their openness to searching. (laughs) See, every time I talk with our young people too, the emotions. Their yearning for meaning and connection. And their eagerness to learn, connect, and love. I mean, it's so there. I mean, I could not have been more blessed to begin my ministry with this group of people. Now, I've learned so much from them. They've been such rich, fertile soil. And it really shows that when you give love, they blossom and transform. I think I have a glimpse now of what it's like to be a parent who learns to watch their children grow up. I mean, my kids are still so young, right? I haven't been through it. But speaking with a few parents, and I can sense the kind of grieving process. But I think I got a taste of that now, watching these grade 12s depart. You know, thinking of them and writing the sermon, I've never 
cried so much preparing a sermon before. You know, I'll miss them. I'll miss them in our weekly discipleship sessions. I mean, I think it'll really hit us when we have our resume our high C worship next week. I mean, we'll just miss, really, their loving presence that brought that energy of love to us. You know, I'll miss uh, how they're trying to round up high C. You know, Sarah chose high C, followed up by Jocelyn's, yo, listen up. I think we'll have to settle with Tebbin's high C. Same team. <laughs> I couldn't resist that, sorry. I want joy. This past weekend, Pastor Despacito and I, we were just roasting on the executives in the high sea, you know. Uh, you know, we've been through grief, mourning, but also thanksgiving and celebration. You know, for who they are, what they've meant for us. I mean, what a blessing it is for all of us uh, in IC to go through this fullness of life. We've experienced all the emotions, right? So may our youth be a blessing and inspiration to the rest of the community. You know, may we too be open and courageous for God to reveal, allow God to reveal the burdens that have been buried within us. May we be a community that bears one another's burdens. May God lead all of us into life as a new creation. Amen. Uh, We're going to play a video from the retreat. Thank you very much to Caitlin for doing this. I mean, uh, it's a video of the prayers. So I pray that these prayers may also be our prayers. We have to read it a little quickly because uh, we want to keep it short and there are so many kids, but I hope that this is a blessing to you nonetheless.